Lisbon, Portugal, Berlin, Germany, Tokyo, Japan, Wellington, New Zealand, and a healthy dose of New York City. This week, we're talking to Tim Kafalis about his round-the-world TV series, This Is My City. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. In a moment, we'll be talking with Tim Kafalis about his around-the-world TV show, This Is My City. But first, let me remind you to subscribe to Destination Eat Drink. Just go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, RadioMisfits.com, or DestinationEatDrink.com and click on the podcast tab so you can get every week's episode delivered directly to your phone, your tablet, or your computer. It's everyone's dream, right? Quit their corporate job and travel around the world. Well, Tim Kafalis did just that, and he filmed his exploits with his friend while doing so. We talked to Tim about some of the places that he went to on the trip, plus his adopted hometown of New York City and all his favorite places to eat there. Plus, Tim does something no one else has ever done. He gives me tips for a trip to Portugal. Destination, eat, drink. Tim Kafalis is a video editor at the Viceland TV channel. He also has worked at MTV and MTV2. But in 2009, he quit his job to film an around-the-world adventure, along with co-creator and co-host Thomas Boyg. Tim released the series This Is My City, which is now available on Amazon Prime. Tim. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink. Thanks. Great to be here. Tim, as you can imagine, I watch a lot of travel shows, but This Is My City is really unique and different. Explain the concept of This Is My City. Right. Well, This Is My City is a series where uh, my best friend Thomas and I um, would travel to a city and we'd meet a local and the local would show us sort of all the inside insider secrets, their favorite places. And so we would try and learn about a city through the people and the locals there. Um, we're actually crazy enough. We're a few months away from the 10 year anniversary of this is my city, which, you know, we, we, we made the show before Instagram existed, before you could monetize on YouTube, before there was all like, you know, travel vlogs all over the, all over the internet, you know? So we shot it as a TV series, um, as like, you know, eight 30 minute episodes in like a three act structure. The premise behind the show is that you guys go to a city and one of your rules is no guidebooks, no planning. And mm-hmm. exactly. I, I think to a lot of people that would seem like crazy town, but <laughs> you know, you guys really pull it off. Talk about how this worked, how it worked well for you and how maybe it uh, caused you to stumble on occasion. Right. Well, so we would line up our local ahead of time before we went there. So we would try and find someone that we felt was someone that we could jive with and get along with and had the same tastes and interests. Um, and so then, yeah, the idea was we would show up with no plan. And the, the one rule was we can't say no. So if the local says it's something we have to do, um, we have to do it, you know. And, uh, yeah, the, we did nothing, nothing really uh, crazy, you know. Um, I think in our, in our Reykjavik pilot, 
which is not on Amazon Prime, but we we went to a uh, a sweat a sweat inside of like an igloo, and it was like a you know about zero degrees out, um, and that was kind of wild. But nothing else too crazy, you know. We were really up for anything. How did you find? You mentioned that uh, you would find the stranger person you didn't know, mm. and they would be your de facto guide for the time that you are in that city. How did you find these people? Uh, you know, it was really just like an email blast. You know, um, like I said, social media wasn't really a big thing back when we did this. So there wasn't really that network where you could just kind of find folks. So um, we just kind of emailed friends and through friends of friends. And, uh, you know, so our host in Berlin ended up being um, Thomas is from Ireland, one of his friends. Uh, boyfriends, but you know other people like Lin Lin, our host in um, in Beijing. She, we just found her through uh, someone that Thomas worked with that knew someone that knew someone that knew someone. You know, um, and that's kind of how it went. And as the show went on, you know, we didn't really have a host in Melbourne or Wellington, and we just kind of, as the show, you know, what became its own thing. We we just sort of found people through other people on the road, really. You mentioned going to Berlin. Berlin's one of my favorite cities to go to. And oh. it's it's funny because you said the the guy that you uh the guy that who was your guide um mm-hmm. it was a friend of Thomas's boyfriend. A friend of a friend, yeah. right. So yes. um and this guy comes out and at first he seems kind of nerdy and and yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, not nerdy in a bad way, but nerdy, you know. Yeah. But you guys end up staying out till the crack of dawn with this guy. Oh, Martin knows how to party, and we definitely discovered that at on the dance floor one night. He was a he was a great time. He was really fun, and I think that's a bit that's a bit of the way in Berlin. You know, people sort of take some people take their jobs really seriously, and you know, they still know how to enjoy themselves. I mean, it's a big, big party city for sure. Berlin is a great party city. And you're right. It's like people seem very serious, very stoic. Germans have this reputation of not having a sense of humor. One of my friends is from, you know, was born in Germany. And he's like, yeah, but we know how to cut loose better than anybody, better than the Italians, (laughs) better than the Spaniards. And you go to a club in Berlin and they are right, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, I had some of the... uh, some of the best nights on the trip were out there for sure. Cause also, you know, he had a large group of friends that we would meet up with when we were out. Um, and yeah, it was just like a lot of like-minded folks that were just down to have a great time. We went to one, um, there was one, and the, the thing with Berlin too, is you really do need to know someone on the inside. Cause some of these parties just pop up days ahead of time, or they won't have a location or they'll just like, you know, find some abandoned space and just set up a party there. And you really need to know someone that, it's kind of got their finger on the pulse to know, you know, where to be. And Martin definitely was that person for us. <laughs> he yeah. was the guy. Yeah, yeah. In episode one, not the Ricky Vic up Ricky Vic episode, but mm. in episode one, you're in Lisbon, Portugal, and Lisbon's become this really hot destination in the last couple of years. What would you tell people to do when they're going to Lisbon? Oh boy, that's it's it's uh, it's so funny because a friend of mine was just there this past weekend. He asked me the same thing, and I just sent him my episode. You know, <laughs> um, but the you know Lisbon, there there's the people are so friendly, and it's a beautiful, beautiful old town. Um, you know, the trams are uh, a great way to get around, but it's just one of those cities that's best seen on foot, I think during the day. 
And uh, well, it's you got to be fit because it is hilly. You know, you really work up, work yourself up. The, the, the seven hills of Lisbon, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then what's the Barrio Alto area I, that see when we did the show, we were really in a we wanted to go out and experience nightlife, as you could probably tell from the series. Right. And the Barrio Alto area was so much fun. It's basically like the bars are really tiny and they spill out into the streets. And so it's really like the street becomes the bar and it's just such a, it feels so alive and it's so fun. One of my favorite episodes was the one you did in Wellington. I think that was the final episode you did of the season. Um, the, the family that you met there was really sweet. And, uh, we were just in New Zealand. Uh, we were in Wellington. We were in other parts of New Zealand just earlier this year. And I found the Kiwis to be so open and kind. And I mm. think this was your experience as well. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So we, we, um, I agree with you. Um, love the people out there. The Kiwis are just so sweet. Um, but we ended up hanging with um, a trombone, I believe he's a trombone player in, in this band called Fat Freddy's Drop, which is a bit of an internationally known band. And he knows everyone in that, in that town, you know, his, everyone was just so open to us. I think, you know, if you're a small Island way out in the middle of nowhere and I, you know, look, look like most people want to go, would go all, all the way out there. They go to Australia and they kind of skip over New Zealand, you know? And I think, I think people, Kiwis love when people come into their, into like tourism comes into their area because you know I think it's a bit overlooked. But uh, everyone was just so sweet. Uh, it's really funny because I was looking at some of the places that we went in the show and they're all closed down now, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I just yeah, I don't know. That's uh, they're all just like they were really warm and welcoming to us. And you know, like I said, invite us right into their home right away. You know, and we, we showed up and we we're basically in, in someone's backyard and they were just, you know, having a barbecue for the whole band and all their friends. And it was just we felt right at home. It was perfect. Wellington is still fresh in my mind because we were just there a couple of months ago. But I noticed you yeah. spent quite a bit of time in the uh, Cuba Street area. And, you know, that's really the hot uh, happening area to go to when you're in Wellington and you spend some time in uh, Fidel's, which is a cool place to hang out. Yeah. And some of yep. those other places up, up on that area. Um, I, I, I can't remember what places you went to that might have been closed, but I did notice uh, some of the coffee shops you went to were places that we were hanging out as well. And oh, I remember cool. having uh, uh, flat whites everywhere we went, flat white, flat white, because the oh. ki- Kiwis take, uh, take great pride that they invented the flat white, even though it's international now. Right. Yeah. I, it's funny because um, we had some in Australia and then a lot in Wellington. And then when we came back to America, I was trying to find it. And it just now in New York, you can find that kind of stuff um, all over the place. But back then you just couldn't, you know, and I really missed it. It was it was a treat. Yeah. Flat whites are awesome. And now they're everywhere. I mean, I even looked it up when we got back. I looked it up and I see uh, even Starbucks carries a flat white these days. So oh, boy. You can get <laughs> you can get a flat white anywhere these days. But it seemed like such a cool thing when uh, when we were down in New Zealand. Um, so this idea of traveling, Tim, with, you know, kind of just by the seat of your pants and who you meet along the way, it kind of reminds me of traveling the way that you would travel if you were to go and, say, visit a friend 
in another city. Mm. You wouldn't necessarily go. They may, maybe they would, but maybe they wouldn't take you to the big tourist attractions. Like if I came and hang out with you in New York, you probably wouldn't take me to the Empire State Building or the Statue of Liberty. You take me to some of your favorite places. Um, of course. Do you think that this type of travel, which is different than what we're told the way that we should travel. Do you think this type of travel is something that anybody could do? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think it's really important to go somewhere and just talk to the people there and see what they like. You know, I, I think a lot of people will, you know, default to certain guidebooks or certain websites for information, but that that's all information from like a large pool of people that, you know, you don't know if, if someone that reviewed a restaurant is something like they like the same things you like, you know? So I think it's nice to go somewhere and just interact with folks and, you know, keep the phone away. And, um, I mean, it's, that's what traveling is all about. I think is it's just finding your own path and discovering something. And, um, you know, unless you're like an introvert and don't really want to talk to people. I think it's <laughs> right. a great way to, to get, and even if you do use your guidebooks to even get somewhere and, and, you know, still ask, ask folks what they like to do and, and what's fun in town. And that's kind of how the show came about. You know, Thomas and I were, um, we were on a trip in Vancouver together and we were at a bar and we were just looking to have a night out. And we just asked some people at the bar, like, where would you go? And they recommend this place we'd never heard of and ended up having like one of the best nights, you know? And, and we wouldn't have found that out any other way. And I think that's really uh, the key is, but you know, you know, you gotta be open-minded and willing to try stuff out in, uh, but it, it's also, I think so much more rewarding when you discover something that you wouldn't otherwise have known about. I think that's so true. One of my things that I've talked about on the podcast before is one of the great resources is uh, bartenders because bartenders oh, yeah. know every place. And it, uh, Gosh, was it in Wellington? I think it was in Wellington. We talked to a bartender and he gave us the name of this little hole in the wall bar that we should go visit. And we had a great time. When we got home, I looked it up. They don't have a website. It's not in any guidebook that I could find. It doesn't have really any web presence whatsoever. And yet it was one of the best places that we went to when we were in Wellington. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Do, do you still, when you travel, Tim, do you still let spontaneity rule the day or are you more of a planner these days? Oh, man, it's it's a bit of a mix of both, right? Like I think um, now now when I travel, like my wife and I, we try to – we really try to cram in a week's worth of stuff in like three days, you know? So we're really – we we don't we don't take a lot of time off to travel unfortunately but when we do we really try to pack it all in. We're going to take a trip soon to New Orleans but we are, we are going to go with some friends who go there like twice a year and really know the city. You know, so it's a little bit like we're in their hands. Um but I think generally we'll like to plan sort of like areas to go and maybe have one place uh to go eat if if we can't find something from t talking to folks but generally you know, you always you always end up with something, and I I do like the yeah the idea of talking to a bartender. Our thing is uh, Thomas's mantra is like if you don't know what to do, go have a pint and then figure out what to do, <laughs> and you know usually something always comes out of that. Rules to live by. Yeah, we're talking with Tim Kafalis. His show is called This Is My City, and it's available on Amazon Prime. Tim, you live in Manhattan. Let's talk about some of your favorite places in New York where you like to go out to eat. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're really spoiled for just about everything here. Sure. You know, we 
You know, I, I spent a good amount of time in Greenpoint. We just moved to the East Village a couple of years ago, but my heart is still in Greenpoint. And so most of the places that I like to go to are there. I'm a simple sort of like beer and, and burger kind of a guy. Um, some of my favorite places, um, man, well, I love tacos. We've got La Superior is a great taco spot in Williamsburg. I, I do like Calexico. I got to say, it's a great place to go. They always have the best service there. I really like going to um, Emmy Squared, which is, I know you like a Detroit-style pizza. <laughs> yes, I do. They, they have some incredible, incredible pizza. They also have a, a great burger. They have a, they have a few locations, I think in the East Village and in Williamsburg. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the amount of like Vietnamese food and Thai food and Japanese food were really just totally spoiled in this neighborhood. But most of the most of the stuff I like is in Greenpoint. You know, Polly G's is excellent. Um, I personally love Five Leaves. It is a bit of a tourist trap. Like I, I don't go there for brunch, but Five Leaves was like one of the original good restaurants in in that area, and I still it holds a, a dear place in my heart. Bernie's and Frankel's. Frankel's is like a it's it's like a sort of a hipster um, Russ and Daughters. Peter Pan Donuts in Greenpoint, unbelievably good donuts. Uh, it's almost like stuck in, in time, that place. I love going there. But yeah, uh, also, like, I mean, I don't know if you want to segue to bars, but... That was my next question, yeah. <laughs> I know you like an occasional beer, so uh, where are the places you like to go to get a bevy? Well, my all-time favorite is the Diamond Bar in Greenpoint. I uh, actually lived above it for four years. It was my <laughs> it was my cheers. It, and the owner, Diamond Dave, is so sweet, and the beers are always rotating. They now just recently, um, got, they do liquor and everything like that, but it used to be just beer and wine. But they also have I like I also like bar games and they have a tabletop shuffleboard, which I love to play. Um, there's also a bar in, called the uh, Sunshine Laundromat, which is a laundromat that in the back has a bar and about thirty unbelievably good pinball machines. Oh great! Um, yeah, and they're they're kept in such great condition. Um, I do I love. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it Mickler, McKellar. It's a it's a brewery from um, in Copenhagen. Is it from Copenhagen? Yeah, they're in Copenhagen, and they just open a huge brewery out by City Field, the where the Mets play, and their beers are unbelievable. And so I like to go to a game and usually hang out on the brewery for the good good first like five innings, and then end up going into the stadium. <laughs> um, but they because the, it's just uh, there be everything they have is is just really really good. Um, I got to mention four, five, six bar because about six weeks ago I got married in that bar. So that oh, holds congratulations! A, thank you very much. You got married in a bar. I did. Well, we did. We went down to City Hall, and then my wife's brother manages the bar, and so perfect. Um, it was free, so it worked out great. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, it was amazing. Um, in Greenpoint, I also love Goldie's and Palace. Palace was this old um, Polish bar that was taken over and they kind of kept the old vibe to it and they, they just upgraded with really good drinks and really good food i mean i could go on and on there are just so many hartley's and clinton hill is an amazing irish pub i love a good irish pub but it's not one that like feels like an irish pub it's just like a small little place with like a couple of really sweet irish guys that are always there and um but yeah, Diamond Bar is the number one personal favorite. You know, there's uh, there's there's tons of Irish pubs, and and every every city has you know at least one. But I think Polish bars. I'm from Chicago, Chicago area, and 
we got a lot of Polish bars in Chicago, and I think Polish bars are highly underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, the, in Greenpoint, there's a huge Polish um, community over there, and so there's a lot of places. So, a lot of places are now selling because the neighborhoods got so expensive, and people can kind of just you know sell and and uh, turn a huge profit, but. The Polish places, there's one, um, is it the Capri Social Club where you, you, the jukebox is all like homemade CDs and they're all handwritten on, oh, on it by like a jello shot. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and it's a, it's a good place for, um, kids that don't have a lot of cash to spend to go have a good time as well, you know? Right. What's that bar called, Tim? That's the Capri Social Club. Capri Social Club. All right. And all these places that Tim is talking about, we will put in the show notes when this episode posts. So um, last couple of years I've been, now you were talking about Brooklyn. The last couple of years I've been reading all these articles about Queens uh, becoming the next Brooklyn. What's your, what's your take on that? Uh, is that, it might be marketing. I don't know. <laughs> Br- brutal honesty is always best, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, Brooklyn, at least the areas that I love, became popular because artists and people would go there and they would open up sort of their dream restaurant or their dream bar. And with Queens, I feel like they decided to put up a ton of high rises and try and make it a thing, you know? Um, <laughs> that's more Long Island City, though. That's more by the water. Uh, but there are definitely some, I mean, there's a great food scene in, in Flushing, for sure. Um, and there's some breweries popping up there as well. But um, I don't know. You know. There's great places everywhere in New York, you know? Sure. <laughs> You're sure to find something great you know, in every neighborhood. You, you talked about the Polish community in Brooklyn. Also, there's... Um a Russian community up there. And, you know, everywhere in New York, there's these great immigrant neighborhoods, whether they're Korean or Haitian or Puerto Rican, wherever. There's tons of them in New York. Um, Any favorite neighborhoods that you like to uh, go into and get food or drink? You know, there's a few areas. It's it's almost like um, in the East Village would be like a whole street that has just Indian restaurants or a whole street that's just Vietnamese restaurants. And my wife and I love going in the East Village. I believe it's 10th Street. Um, there's just so many good, there's like Madame Vo, which is a great Vietnamese spot. And, um, like the Hanoi house is another good one. And there's just so many, like, they're just tiny little places, but the food inside is just incredible. And there's also like low end versions and high end versions of everything too. But so I think the East village is really, you could just turn the corner and have like, it's almost like you're in a different country, you know? We're talking about New York right now, uh, Tim, and we can't leave New York without mentioning pizza, which is Mm. New York is, of course, famous for. What are your favorite New York spots for pizza? And what are your different favorite kinds of pizza? You mentioned Detroit style pizza, which which I uh, which I love. But uh, New York style pizza. That's right at the top of the list, too. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Joe's, it's cliche that everyone says Joe's is the best, but it really, they do the perfect New York style slice, in my opinion. Um, they just recently opened one in Williamsburg. They're sort of all over the city. Uh, it's it's just it's just so good. But I recently got turned on to the Detroit style. So Emmy Squared has just, oh, man, it's so good. Pauly G's is amazing they just they had a a big restaurant and then they were so successful they opened just a slice joint in the neighborhood that's a great place to go they have like um the mike's hot honey on pizza you know so it's like a it's a little bit sweet and a little bit spicy good 
Yeah. 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 It's great. Um, there's actually, uh, I haven't been there yet, but there's a grilled pizza spot, like the Rhode Island specialty, which is where I'm from, uh, in the East village. I got to try that out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, oh man, there's, there are, there are so many good, just hole in the wall joints that have like great slices of pizza. But yeah, if I, I would say, uh, Emmy squared Joe's Polly G's, Oh, and Vinny's. Oh man, and Best Pizza. How could I forget? <laughs> Best Pizza in Williamsburg is really they they are unbelievable, and they also have like a few subs that they do or uh, hoagies, grinders, whatever you want to call them, sandwiches that are excellent as well. You, there's really you could eat your way all through New York for about a month on pizza only for yeah, sure. Yeah, just eat pizza only. What do you think um, defines specifically New York style pizza? Because, you know, every place has their, their Chicago style, there's California style, and then every area of Italy has their own style. What specifically makes New York style New York style pizza? Oh, gosh, that's that's a tough one. You know, it's uh, that's sort of one of the unsolved mysteries, isn't it? It's it's, it's something in the water, something in the air, you know, because you go in the, uh, into L.A. and you go to L.A. and they're like, we have a New York style pizza and it doesn't taste anything like it. You right. Know? Right. Even though it's sort of it looks the same. Um, but it's, you know, thin crust, a bit a bit of a crunch. Um, you kind of want the grease to wad up on it for sure. <laughs> And <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really hard to say like why I can't. It's not really replicated perfectly all everywhere else. You know, you gotta you gotta have that grease on there to soak up the alcohol after a long night, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Tim, you we talked about your show. This is my city. You mentioned that the the first the trailer that you guys shot or the uh, first episode in Reykjavik. It's now ten years old. Which, you know, maybe makes this next question kind of silly, but any plans for doing another season of This Is My City? Oh, my gosh. We would love to. We would absolutely. I mean, it was the trip of a lifetime for sure. You know, a lot even the, even when we were on the trip, a lot of people would say, you like, you know, you just did this. You're not even making a show. You're just doing this for the fun. <laughs> um, we would love to. But, you know, we're geezers now. Thomas has two kids. I just got married. Right. You know, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I I would love to do it with um, newer, younger hosts, um, because it really is about trying to experience as much as you can in in say like a, like a three day period in a city. And you know, we no one wants to watch a couple old geezers do that anymore. You know. I mean, I watched that Berlin episode, and I was I was exhausted just after watching thirty minutes <laughs> of that. I'm like, you know, it's like if I stay up to midnight now. It takes me three days to recover from that, you know, so um, but it, it was great to watch. I really love the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for watching. Yeah, we, we definitely in, in our 20s, we had some we had some unbelievable stamina. You know, we definitely had sort of like a thirst for exploring. And I think that kept us going all the time, you know, but uh, that thirst is dried up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but not your not your thirst for travel, because it sounds like you've got uh, you got a trip to New Orleans planned and um yeah. I, I know before Austin, going to Austin, Texas. Oh, soon. Austin. Great. Oh. Mm, yeah. Love yeah. Austin. Um, yeah, you'll definitely have some fun there. You got to uh, you got to go try their uh, version of Detroit style pizza at uh, at uh, Via 313. It's tremendous Detroit style pizza down there. And of course, nice. you know, if you want to stay out late. Austin's a great city for that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, and New Orleans as well. Yeah. Sure, sure. So you guys are picking the good party spots. Well, 
Tim, I really appreciate you being on the show. It's been great to talk to you. It's really wet my appetite for getting back to New York. I mean, gosh, it's been so long since I've been there. I really need to uh, get back. I mean, last time I went, Brooklyn was uh, not Brooklyn. <laughs> so oh, um, yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward to uh, making that trip again in the in the near future. You know what? I was, I was uh, curious. I was looking at your, your site, the places you've been to. Do you have any international trips coming up we are so here's how i found you tim um we are going to portugal and madrid and a side trip to dublin in Ooh. the end of august uh end of august into september and so i was searching amazon for lisbon and that's how i came across uh yours so nice well because um we, my wife and I, we got, we had the best time in the Duro Valley, which is. Yeah, we're going to Porto. Oh, great. If you have a chance to get out to the Duro Valley, I highly recommend it. It's very untouched, um, especially if you like wine. It's, yes. there's like vineyards everywhere. And it's like, you don't really even need a plan. You can just go to these different vineyards and, um, it's just stunning out there. We we uh, it obviously holds a special place in my heart because we got engaged out there. Um, oh, nice. But I feel like it is definitely like an un untapped place to to go visit. So if you can schedule it in, oh, we're definitely doing it. The, the Duro Valley is part of our plan. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, my nice. my question is in the Duro Valley. So I've read about the vineyards, but I've also read about these port warehouses along the river where you can go in and do port tastings. Did you do any of that? Or are you familiar with those? Absolutely. We did. We did a lot of those. And you know, it's funny. They are a little bit of the same. You don't need to do too many. Okay. Because the tour is kind of the same. And then, uh, you know, the port is the same because they have to, there's like, um, it's regulated how they make it. So they all need the same sort of amount of liquor and 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 so they are kind of similar it's the wines that vary a lot um but we the the quinta de uh de, pa, de pacha p-a-c-h-e-c-a -E it's a beautiful beautiful grounds and they just now they have these wine barrels these like huge wine barrels that you could right. sleep in <laughs> it's really really cool and and just but just like the grounds are so nice over there um like a lot of people get married at that place and, and things like that um but i wouldn't recommend going to too many tastings okay um or if you do the tasting, maybe like skip the tour. Do just do one tour because it's all – they're a bit of the same to be honest. Do you need a car or can you take one of these riverboat tours and, and still effectively see the Duro Valley or do you got to get a car and drive out there? I think a car is the way to go. You know, especially if because like we were at this uh, the Quinta de la Rosa and we ran into another couple there and they mentioned another vineyard that they went to so that we that they loved. So we decided to go there. Um, I think a car is the way to go. Also – we we took a little tiny um, boat ride up the the Duro River, and I can't recommend that enough. It is unbelievable. There's you know there's no roads on these uh, in the valley, and you really feel like you're just by yourself out there, and it's it's beautiful. It's really really nice. So definitely get out on the river. Excellent. Well, we're gonna do that. Uh, the Duro Valley is definitely part of this trip uh, when we get up to uh, Porto. We'll look forward to seeing you down the road, and thank you so much for being on Destination Eat Drink. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Brent.
All right. There's my talk with Tim Kafalis of the TV show This Is My City. Thanks to Tim for being on the show. And thanks for turning the tables at the end and giving me some advice about where to visit in the Duro Valley. I'm going to be sure and take that advice when we visit Portugal. And of course, I'll report back to you when we get back about the Duro Valley, about Porto, and about Lisbon in Portugal. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Destination Eat Drink. Be sure and join me next week. We'll hit another great foodie hotspot. Until then, thanks to Ed Silla. He distributes the show along with the good folks at RadioMisfits.com. I'm Brent Peterson, and until next week, I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.